Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on HeroClix. Sharing my insights, thoughts, and experience with other players who love this awesome game at all levels just like I do. Whether you are playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event, taking on the latest meta team, this is the podcast for you. All comments, suggestions, or questions can be directed to our email at lostinclicks at gmail.com. Also, Provis message me on acrealms.com under the ID of ColossusTN. Go to our Facebook page of HeroClix Borderlands where you can message me or just read the latest articles and videos I have run across about this wonderful game. This is episode 21, Real Steel. Hey, I named this episode Real Steel after the movie with Hugh Jackman from 2010. Uh, watching it the other day for our annual movie night. Just some things in, this, in the movie kind of remind me of Hero Clicks and maybe some ideas I have. But before I get into that, let me just go over my weekend review. And it's been a little bit more than a week, probably been uh, 10, 11 days since I last put it on podcast. Right now, it's Sunday morning. July 9th and it's 4.45 a.m. So still waking up, still getting this. Uh, Was going to put a podcast out last night, but way too sleepy. So putting it out this morning to hopefully get to you all by this evening. Well, my weekend review has been pretty amazing. I have spent most of my time, when it comes to Heroclix-wise, playing online matches with my buddy Mark. We've been doing like sealed drafts where we pick like two to three boosters and we build teams out of those boosters. We kept track of the boosters we what we got in our boosters that we pulled out of our case and we'll kind of do that as kind of a team building exercise and just a way to try out different figures. I would say in the last 10 days we have played at least six times. That's an amazing amount of Heroclix games to get in and an amazing amount of figures kind of go through. So been having a lot of fun, been playing on different maps, also kind of working through how you kind of move around on the maps. And really have come across some surprises in the What If set. my personal opinion, what if, is not the greatest set in the world. It's actually, um, the more I play it, the more, I would say, boring it is. Uh, just a lot of the character sculpt repeats. But it does have some gems out there that I found played better than I thought they were and kind of dismissed them way too early. Um, our games have been pretty fun. We're pretty even on them. I think we're 3-3. Three and three, I don't know. We, we haven't been really keeping track of it. But the game's come down to rolling. Um, some things that I've noticed in the What If set, and actually the What If set was kind of so much of a repeat, we actually had to add in the Avengers Defenders War boosters to kind of spice up the game. So currently we're putting out three boosters. Like I have one. We should be playing one tonight probably. We Mark rolled a 20-side dice, and we took the three boosters, and we'll take three boosters out of Avengers Defenders War and three boosters out of What If, and we can combine those together plus any, any figure out of the starter set to make a 400-point team. We upped it to 400 once we went to the adding in Avengers Defenders War kind of add a little bit more variety, made us go after some different figures. Really, we try not to use the same figures over and over again, so just to kind of give some test out. Some other things we kind of run across is the premium maps are amazing for running uh, online games. 
but the standard maps without their labeling of the uh, top and down the side with the numbers and the letters makes it harder to get the positioning right because when we kind of broadcast through Google Hangout, Google Hangout will flip the image, making it kind of hard to see the positioning of the map and it can kind of get a little confusing. So we have been kind of working through that. We've also run into some camera issues. Uh, Mark's camera and my camera were pulsing and they would not focus and they would unfocus and really had to play around my camera settings. I don't know how I fixed it. We did run into some lag problems and that came from having too many things open. You have to be very careful of that. And sometimes even mother nature has interfered. Uh, we had one game scheduled this week and his power went out and it was out to three o'clock in the morning. We ended up playing that game yesterday. Now, so it's a great way to stay connected. I think it's an amazing way to kind of play test teams and kind of get connected with your friends that you want to play with that are across the way. Now, the way we kind of set it up is we both have cameras going and we both set the figures up and kind of run across at each other, kind of keeping the game going on both our maps. Uh, I kind of like that better than a two-dimensional map. I have been watching some online matches with that um, superhero showdown with the Majestics puts out. They're putting some out because they're doing some... Uh, they had P.G. Bolin and Paris Gordon, which they're not in the same room playing, so they were playing an online two-dimensional program. They were moving figures around. I forget what program they're using, and I think there's also one where the Brazilian national champion and Pat Yaboko are going to be playing each other. Great matches to kind of watch just to get an understanding of movement and kind of positioning on different maps. However, the flat nature of it kind of takes away from what I like about Heroclix, which is the sculpts and the three-dimensional objects. So really, we're still kind of playing, not going to a two-dimensional computer program, but we're still kind of playing where we both have a figure set up. Just kind of neat, a little bit more set up, a little bit more uh, stuff involved in it, but whew, it's a lot of fun. I love kind of getting those pieces out. So. I would recommend it. You should try it. I think that's the next evolution. I know me and Mark were excited to find out Howard Brock is actually looking into maybe doing some rock tournaments online, which, you know, me and Mark are going to go, go to. We love to do that because sometimes I don't have the ability. I kind of looked and the nearest rock tournament to me is six hours away. No, five and a half, five and a half. So looking at the states and the upcoming rock tournaments, my nearest rock tournament is going to be five and a half hours away. That's a huge commitment to go do. That's actually about as far as Atlanta is. I would love to get involved in the rock tournament scene. However, without the um, presence of some major rock tournaments, it kind of slows me down in being able to get involved in it. I do know the one tournament that does come around here, which is about an hour away, I actually had something going on that weekend. So the lack of frequency of rock tournaments in this area. I do know some people who go to them and that's, I'm very uh, envious of those people. They have to make a huge time commitment to do it and they have been doing pretty well at them too. Um, but with a busy life, work, uh, trying to balance everything between paying bills and keeping the house up and keeping the garden going. It's, it's impo I won't say it's impossible, but it's very hard, as you all know, just to keep that. So how do I balance that? How do I keep that going? 
how do I keep competitive juices going and transfer it into the rock, uh, which currently your big competitive matches are either going to be your rock tournaments or your WKOs. And then what we talk origins, uh, WKOs are about the same way for me. Nearest one's going to be four hours away. When they do come there, they're very infrequent rock tournaments or more. Uh, my next option is maybe looking at the area we're in, maybe to try to bring a map when those what they call the map rock tournaments to my local venue and see how those would go. I love to try that. Would love to see how that would happen. However, is there enough competitive players and what kind of competitive scene would you see? But that's kind of where I'm at with, uh, well, kind of went into a diatribe about rock tournaments and online tournaments, but just to come back around to it, really looking forward to the online tournaments when they get that going. I would say I find it very interesting whether or not they use a two-dimensional program, which means that you would be able to have about any figure out there. And, or they would go with the online match with the camera and people moving pieces around. And I probably would have to extend the time limit because there's a little bit more um, movement involved. And physical movement, uh, checking to make sure everybody has their pieces in the right place. So you would probably have to add, you wouldn't be able to run 50 minute rounds. You'd probably have to run 55 to an hour rounds just because of the transition time and some lost time since you're not physically right across from each other. Some insights into our sealed play. Man, I can't roll well. A lot of times games have been extended. We, we don't play a time game. We play a, you know, you wipe out the other person. Um... And it comes down to damage output. A lot of these figures don't have high damage output, so reducers can really slow down the ability to take a piece out. And that ability to take a piece out, the inability to fight through it, makes uh, Mystic's damage a huge, huge, huge deterrent to um, being able to attack certain pieces or being able to work around them. I know in one match where he had his unicorn Deadpool and it just took me forever to kind of work through his reducers and everything that he had going on that actually in the end my my figure just killed itself trying to kill Deadpool. It just could not actually go through everything, didn't have enough damage output to do more than one damage to the Deadpool unicorn and every time I did damage to him he'd ding him back and that's actually how he won got him down to the last figure which was his Deadpool unicorn and just couldn't finish it off uh the other thing I'm noticing lack of prob lack of perplex maybe that's on the figures we have but the the inability to raise attack values that well or the inability to re-roll is really slowing the games down. You a lot of missed rolls, a lot of uh, missed opportunities. It's not a automatic anymore. Of course, I don't roll the dice that great. And so some games have come down to, well, almost all of them have come down to critical dice rolls. And people with prob that have problem in their team have such a huge um, advantage. Also, we've not had a lot of outwit. And along those lines, outwit, one figure that kind of impressed me, that really surprised me, and maybe you need to be looked at again, it's the only leader. 
only leader I've kind of dismissed because I didn't understand that storyline and the only hulks i thought were just kind of not that good but only leader has that interesting ability to use that whip now great thing about him is only leader starts with um stealth which i thought was pretty cool and uh he's 75 points which isn't is a high amount of points just to pay for your outwit but he starts with a special outwit and his special outwit is the ability to he can use improved targeting ignores characters he can use it one additional time during your turn for each other friendly character closer to the opponent's starting area than your own but only if the character is 50 points or more or is named Oni Hulk. Now, that became interesting. I was playing him in a game, and I got my figures more across it. And he was being able to do Outwit three times. And that was huge in that game. His ability to just kind of sit there and just Outwit. Now, that's 75 points for a figure that was just standing there doing nothing other than Outwit. But his ability to go through characters made him in a f- environment where he can see, and his range is six it'd be the normal six and he actually has mastermind to try and keep his his top dial where he has that and dial on click one and four to try and keep that trait uh he also had the ability to under the current rules he was almost killed off and then he hits regen on his last click and i was able to regen him all the way up with a roll of a six and he just became this annoying piece that was hard to kill Hard to see, had the ability to just outwit people even if you had somebody between him and the other one. And he became a difference maker in the, that game that I played. Hard, hard, just hard to deal with. Only leader is a figure I'm gonna have to look at again. 75 points, I don't know. His attack value is a nine, but maybe you can get it up. He does have a three damage value. So I don't know, you're just gonna have to kind of look at that piece and kind of reevaluate because the power of outwit in this current game is actually gonna go up as soon as the new rules drop. And me looking at it, thought, wow, okay, anybody that can have more than one outwit is something you gotta look at. It reminds me of the Supreme Intelligence who has uh, three outwits. And the ability to have one figure outwit more than once gives your team a tactical advantage if you and in the new meta, especially when you're playing against a Jakeem Thunder, might be critical. Now against the Goblin King, the inability to outwit because of his team ability will hurt you. However, you know, you gotta look at pieces one at a time, look at how that strategy might work and I don't know, does only leader have a place? Maybe. I don't know how you can break him or deal with it, anything like that. But he does have the past keyword, which is a very strong keyword. So he could make a ability to jump somebody's competitive team up. I do like his mastermind, and that could keep him alive a little bit longer. Uh, his stealth will also help him because your two big meta pieces don't have any stealth busting other than hypersonic, so his mastermind is going to be able to be use, useful in that situation. And I don't know. I think I think he's worth it, but that that is a figure that through my sealed play with Mark has really brought come to my attention. So it just reminds me to always break out these pieces and try them out at least in one game. I think that's a great goal. Uh, 
as everybody knows, I mean, Gertrude, uh, let me make sure. I'm, yeah, Gertrude York's in Old Lace. Man, that is such a good figure. I do enjoy that you're going to have to, she can sit in the back and kind of offer only 50 points. She can have this piece out there that can charge. Um, I think he is, let me pull him up. 11 attack blades with empower and 17 defense toughness. You have this figure that can run around and be shot five times before it dies, and Gertrude stays around. Now, her one problem is she does have a leadership out there that only kind of works with, has a special, she has leadership, but uh, if, she, if they are right here, Gertrude. Yorks and Old Lace can use leadership when they do and succeed. You may instead remove an action token from one friendly character with a runway or a young Avengers keyword, regardless of adjacent your point value. So if you do put her on a team and try to maximize her efficiency, the one problem with her is that her leadership probably won't work because as the runways as a group, while they're fun to play casually, meta-wise, they're not going to see as much play uh i can see iron lad maybe he was kind of fun to run uh i know alpha strike had told me that they ran uh iron lad with the pog from gertrude york's and old lace and use that as mastermind fodder there's a great way just to mastermind damage which i thought was a brilliant way to kind of use that and then that would leave gertrude the ability to take tokens off of iron lad from in the back so that might be a viable option uh, my problem with iron lad is i wish his defense was up but you can always try and counter that but casually i think only leader be kind of fun uh what if i want to say what if besides a few pieces casually it's just kind of boring it's i think it's the sculptor you said has really gotten me i wish they had done a little bit more REVs, or just really like I was listening to a podcast with uh, Dark Logos, he's starting over, and he's talking with his friends at the venue, and I, I've got to kind of agree with him. The doll is the way the dolls have been designed. I wish they had had a little bit more color to them, meaning that I wish they'd use some special powers to give them a little bit more flavor. It's kind of too generic. The power sets are too generic. They're too just kind of blase. Wish they'd done some spice in there. Kind of made them. I, I heard one of the guys say, oh, I wish a lot of these could have done more shifting focus traits, been kind of a shifting focus that you can shift into this alternate version, but have a little bit more spice with that alternate version, like bring some kind of special power, something odd to to the mix because it came from a different world. Just didn't see it in this set. Uh, did have some great pieces, there's some great pieces. There's some pieces I don't have that I need to try out. And hopefully as we keep going through are sealed i can learn some more pieces and maybe kind of understand them uh, also not knowing the dials has really hurt how playing these games uh, not knowing the dials has always hurt how, how much you need to hit don't have a lot of four damage pieces the cap thor piece is amazing with his traded rce so basically he actually gets hit even after he gets hit he's still a very viable piece and it was interesting when he got hit and he's sitting on his uh, close combat expert 
click, and he also has traded RCE, so that's an incredible click to be on. Up close or not, you have this ability to bump up his attack rate, which is already an 11. So it's just been interesting going through those. Uh, Damage values, just a little low, and maybe that's why Peace Machine's in there. I've not played Cosmic Spotty. My buddy has. Uh, I keep waiting to get him pulled so I can try him out. We both don't have a Goblin King. So we're even in this test, we're not, we don't have the ultimate meta piece out there. But it's just kind of fun. Something fun to do with your friends. And a great way just to learn all the different pieces. And before I move on, I also want to review. One thing I did get in was a tray. And it's what the things I saw at Origins... Uh, they were trays that you can use at tournaments to carry your hero clicks figures with. So I bought one. It came from, let me pull them up. It came from Trollworks. He is about $31, I'll be honest with you, $31. Uh, he handmade them and shipped them in. So it takes a little bit longer to get in. It took mine right at seven days after I ordered to get it in. Uh, I thought it was a very good deal. It came with free shipping. It has slots so you can stack your cards for your figures. It has one, has the ability to hold two Colossals or one, two, three, four, five, six, six double base, 12 single base characters, or, and one, it can hold, it has it has a variety of functions. It can hold one like Avengers Quinjet or um tank big tank and it has the ability to hold i believe 15 tokens and it's a place for dice and where, where i like to stack my barriers um, do i like it yes very well made very neat very clean very well put together does it do its job yeah really well it's a bit I, when we do our online matches I will put my team together, put it on that tray, and then when we're ready to play, I just bring it down to the living room to show to put, start playing the game. And it's great to keep your figures kind of together. Very quick. I can tell you, after we finish the game, I can get all my figures on my board really quick and keeps them all organized, which is a lot better than taking them, dump them into a bag, and then when you get to your next table, trying to pull them back out and get it all set it back up. That little piece of organization, especially when you come to high tournaments or high ability tournaments uh, or highly competitive tournaments will help you out i believe it'll help me out just be able to transport figures back and forth where that's where i find out that a lot of pressure comes from is i having to move my figures sitting down at the table getting everything together before the getting ready to start the game and getting ready to go um so uh, i found that it's pretty neat it's very easy it's very flat so that when you're in your game you kind of set it off to the side it's not going to interfere with anything or you could actually put it into the bag that you're carrying because i do believe you'll still need a bag when you're at a tournament just for some extras put in or for anything that you might be needing to carry like extra food or whatever so this tray is pretty pretty neat um i like its versatility I like his construction. Great job, Trollworks. I want to throw a shout out to them. Glad I ordered. Glad I saw it. I saw Miguel from Origins Carry One. That's what really inspired me to try. I thought it was kind of neat. And I love this design. I'm, there's a lot of different designs out there, but but Trollworks has a great kind of versatile design, and I love how it all fits together. Now, is it perfect? No. I mean, if you drop it, it's going to throw everything everywhere. But I, ability to transport around is pretty neat and you can get get your pieces to the next table pretty easily and organized um 
Other than that, the last thing I want to tell you is that I have been trying to get my pieces over to my display shelf. It's going pretty well. A lot of dead space. One thing I'm running into is having too many extras. Like my Avengers Defenders War, I guess where I played in a lot of Battle Royales and played in the team tournament and have a lot of extra figures past the case. I'm running out of room to store them all. And so I'm gonna have to figure out how. I have a lot more room left on the space. How can I add an extra level to that space? And maybe some lighting, but I really do enjoy seeing, going in and looking at my clicks in the kind of display case. Really neat, great $200 solution. And on the top, I have my colossals, and I can see, be a little bit inspired. I just kinda, it's kind of bringing a little flavor to the room, too. And I love that my hero clicks are not kind of out. I can see them. And when me and Mark play a game, it's pretty easy to go up there and pick some figures out. Uh, I will tell you, on the online matches, we do have to use proxies every so often. Sometimes Mark has a figure I don't, so or I'm using a figure and he's using a figure, which has happened quite a bit. Uh, we both use the same figures because we do know what we like and we, we kind of build teams similarly. But when we're doing that, um, sometimes we have to use a proxy figure. And it's just out there to represent where that piece is. So we'll have to talk to each other and say, so what's it displaying and, and stuff like that. And that comes in having to ask your opponent what power is it or what's its damage value or what what click number is on. That's what kind of slows down an online game. But I love doing it. Love it with the camera. Uh, we see each other a lot now before we call and talk to you, but now almost every other day we're playing a game, so it's kind of neat. Um, my wife even asked, is there a game that all me, his wife, and I, me, him, his wife, and her can all play online with the webcam be kind of neat because we're big gamers too and kind of look thinking about yeah which game would work great online that'd be kind of interesting kind of fun and might be a way to kind of hook up with some gaming buddies uh, but anyway it's been my week in review it's been kind of fun it's great energizing uh these last few days have been just uh, amazing uh, with um, the amount of hero clicks I've gotten in. I mean, I've not played this many rounds of hero clicks in years. I mean, I haven't been to a tournament in a while. Uh, our next tournament is a Dormammu OP, so I think that'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Don't know if I'll be able to go or not because life happens and sometimes we have to go out of town and might miss that colossal giveaway. I'm going to point that out again. Colossals are going nowhere. They're very efficient. The new Wonder Woman looks kind of interesting. I don't see them going anywhere. And the Meridroid is very, very good. So the ability to deal with Colossals, which the way I deal with Colossals, if I don't like Colossal Retaliation, then I go kill the Colossal first. Now, that can overextend your team or make you actually have to outposition not position yourself as great just so that you can take that out so you don't be retaliated and that's going to kind of lead into my next point um the main topic today is what i got from real steel uh, i was watching real steel and i was kind of watching it's the rags to riches story of a down and out boxer who's doing uh, robot boxing and Hugh Jackman is the former world contender in human boxing who then becomes this robot robot boxing controller. And he's just down and out. Uh, he's always going for the big punch. He's not really using his skills to the best. And he's kind of tagging along as his kind of 
son that he's never connected with that he's really ignored most of his life and they kind of connect on this journey where they put a robot together that's just a sparring robot who ends up fighting for the world championship in a rocky apollo creed type fight in which in the end the the thing that adam can do which was also like rocky is absorb a bunch of punishment and wear another robot out until you can counter punch and then all of a sudden you start making a difference because you have worn out your opponent now that comes up to where i think an important part that i've realized about the new hero clicks game is you have to have the ability to withstand the first blow the alpha strike if it you have to have your team have the ability to withstand an alpha strike, not to be able to one-shotted. Especially the main piece that's going to kind of drive your engine. And kind of watching that match, I realized that's what you need in Heroclix. That's what I need to build in my teams. The versatility to be able to survive the first strike. Because there's a lot of very aggressive uh, teams that have the ability to strike you first or there's turtle teams that you have to draw out and you have to be able to put out bait out there that's going to survive a strike and then kind of be able to deliver again point in cases is that cap thor he can survive a strike now does it hurt him a lot yes and at 100 points that's a huge bait piece to put out there but he can survive a strike you might have to work around somehow you gotta get him healed back up but he's still a very viable piece even after getting smacked pretty hard so looking at the way um hero clicks is going right now building teams that have the ability to survive the strike uh i was also looking at uh howard brock's team that he posted out there on majestics and let's look at i was kind of looking at what he went with and it was a team that in one shot you're not going to be able to take out in two shots you're not going to be able to take out he ran a full point um let me see right here is his team okay he ran a 30 point joker an iron heart a goblin king at 175 he ran a mercury he ran a adam on his class retaliation he ran three cards which were nightwing which could put out the pog with with perplex his shield level seven which had nick fury with it and cosmic spider-man for dealing with barrier teams he also had yeah the symbiote went on goblin king and he didn't use any resources now this is a perfect example of how the major pieces on this team can't be one-shotted mercury's more of a one-shot tker uh, he's going to give you the ability to alpha strike if you really need to. But in the end, his TK ability, if he's taken out in the first round, that team has already extended itself across the board, and he's not the piece that you care to lose. Pin pocket tank, maybe, because his ability to put two, two penetrating on you. However, if you look at the Goblin King, Ironheart, and HaHa ha Joker, all can survive an initial attack. Haha Joker's going to take 18 clicks to get out at 30 points. Most you can get off him is maybe 10 in a turn. It's very hard to do that with his healing trait. Ironheart, you have the ability to one-shot that piece, but on one strike, usually not, because the odds are that it's a one-in-six chance that you kill her. 
So the odds are that the person, when you hit her the first time, the person's going to roll a two through six, and then she's going to turn. And so she still has those support powers. Now, your chances to kill her go up, but once again, you can't one-shot her. It doesn't matter how much damage you put on. And Goblin King, with his ability to take Mastermind, which was the genius part of Howard Brock, his ability to take Mastermind on it, throw it on Joker, who could absorb the damage, or throw it on Ironheart, who could absorb the damage, allowed Goblin King to kind of stay at his top click, inability to outwit him on that. I thought that was brilliant. I never thought about choosing Mastermind. Most people would think about Invincible. Invincible is another P, another click that allows you to slow down how much damage you take. But Mastermind, that's a brilliant piece of thinking on Howard's part because he had a bunch of pieces that couldn't be one-shotted. So they could be Mastermind to it. And the whole thing was that if he wanted to Alpha Strike, he could. Or if he had to play a game where he would get Alpha Strike, his ability to survive it, call in somebody that could then deliver another blow that would then test the metal of the other team on whether or not they could survive the strike now of course you can't clump up or do anything I, I need to go back and watch some of the matches but you can't clump up and see and give your opponent the ability to drop the tank on you which it's going to be out there I, I think you got to prepare for the tank not at a casual level i think somebody that brings a tank to every casual game is actually handicapping themselves into an eight-point hole and making it unfun for everybody else. Um, I think the tank is very viable in the competitive scene, but in the casual scene, I would like to see the tank used as a vehicle. I love. I, I might put together a tank vehicle team, which brings up vehicles that are things that can survive a first strike. Um, the pin particle tank at its 100 point dial can survive a first strike so can it at its 50 point dial I believe the punisher tank can and we remember the avengers quinjet was just a tank that was a delivery method now do they bring enough other stuff to overcome some of their weaknesses i don't know but those are also units that can survive the first strike which i'm gonna have to go back and look at uh, whether or not they're there to survive the first strike and get a certain piece to a certain position could be the way it works. Uh, Punisher Van, I've just never run it that much, but it's all about can you now survive the first strike, bring enough versatility to bring enough damage back. Um, that's why I'm kind of looking at my next competitive teams. How can I survive that first strike? But it's not bad for your casual environment either. Casual teams need to be able to survive and be versatile enough to kind of maneuver around and provide different options for you. I think that's what makes games fun. My fun games at Origins were really based around the Iceman team, Mixie team, which if you hit them the first time, they still had a lot of options. I had a lot of fun with those options with the Batman, Superman robot. That was a fun team. It just had so much going for it, had so many tricks that it could do. It was just so much fun to play and it's so fun to play against. Uh, one trick ponies uh, kind of if their trick doesn't work are just kind of boring to watch and boring to play because you're just doing this one thing trying it now that all being said how do you build that um, I think that's where the craft of building teams really comes in and you're just gonna have to kind of play down on the synergy uh, one thing to kind of look at you know reading the article from our brock i mean his 
thought process started about two weeks before Origins. He had some ideas. Obviously, he had played these teams. But he had some ideas of what he wanted to play. And he then tested a lot to decide where what everything was was best to put on it. That's where he came across the symbiote was the best thing to put on it. And sorry, and Mercury was the piece that allowed him to get the symbiote onto Goblin King first turn. I gave him a Alpha Strike option too if he needed it, uh, and that ability to put a shape change on him. Kind of one more great defensive power. Listen to a podcast the other day. Shape change is a great defensive power. If you can't be out with shape change, super senses, impervious, all those are roll to avoid damage. No matter what you do, they roll to avoid. And any figure that can have multiple of ones, somebody said the other day, Goblin King's the only one that can take those all at once. He can take shape change. Well, Symbiote would give him shape change. Then he could take Super Senses and Impervious, giving him three rolls, roll of five or six. His odds are immensely higher that he's going to be able to avoid any damage you give him. Or force you to have to use Psychic Blast. And once you're choosing Psychic Blast or Pulse Wave, now the problem with Pulse Wave is in a match versus Jakeem, he's going to be limited to only Pulse Wave. And can he survive the return attack without having a defensive power? Now... Versatility, the ability to survive, building teams that can handle that first strike and be able to move on. ID cards right now are a little bit overpowered. Their ability to call stuff in. A little less with the Ultron drones gone, but their ability to call in a 120-point piece on its last click, being able to call in a full-pointed Nick Fury is huge for the game, meaning that if you're going to attack a 120-point figure, if you're going to get into that Nick Fury range, you have to take him out one strike. Goblin King's almost impossible to take out one strike in a 300-point game with three attacks. Do you have enough damage out there to eat through everything that Goblin King's doing? And his ability to keep his powers, even after you hit him, is very hard to deal with in the game. And Jakeem is the same way. Both pieces are so hard to kill with their length of their dial and the powers that they can have that they automatically, and that's why probably a lot of people are using it, they automatically have the ability to survive the first strike and then give something back, especially with the ID cards because they can call in figures at such a higher point value that can deal with uh, drop a more impressive retaliation shot than they currently their stats allow them to. So take a Goblin King that's been damaged, you can still call in a Nick Fury that can drop four clicks of damage Psychic Blast through you with a prob and 10 to 12 range because when he comes in, he's going to give you a shield team ability. That comes back to the weakness of ID cards, which is the token and the ability to put tokens on people limits their ability and their options when it comes to calling things in. So, you know, I've already talked about that, that one counter to Goblin King and Jakeem are the ability to incapacitate them. But, you know, I'm not going to go back down that road. We're just looking at what, what I was talking about with real steel. So building teams that can survive a little punishment, building teams that don't have to revolve around one little strategy that allows them to kind of just handle and move on and deliver back. Vehicles are a great way. Um, the um, support's a way to, get, way to take a few that can last a long time and make him even more annoying by bringing them back up. Best support piece in the game, the 20-point Night Nurse, which I've got to put on a team and play with her. 
I'm gonna have to break out some of my Civil War pizza. I think right now, with and this is gonna be a quick aside. With the amount of hero clicks that we've gotten out in the last, uh, I guess, year, how many hero click sets we've had? Pieces are getting left by the wayside. I think we knew, I think you need to go dig back out in your toolbox, go dig out some pieces, and start looking at them again, because the game has moved so quickly, and we we're all about but getting the new stuff and playing the new stuff, playing the new hottest thing. That some other things have been left behind, and then we need to pull them back out. Speed freaks not out there. What happened to a piece that can actually hit somebody and pull them back? I'm not seeing a lot of play. I, I'm, I, there's probably a lot of great reasons. Point value is can he take a hit? Not great, not great stats. Some great stats, but that's a piece I want to pull back out and look at. He can he the ability to reposition pieces is a huge, huge factor in a game. So I need to look at it. Can I break it? Um, I'm gonna have to go also with Night Nurse. Twenty points. And I keep refusing. Am I so committed to theme teams that I can't put Night Nurse? Does she not have a place in the game? So, you know, just kind of looking at stuff like that. Stuff that can kind of extend a team, do some different things. Support's a great way to be able to survive a shot and come back. Uh, versatility, into me, is being able to split your team up. That's, you got to be versatile where you can split your team up, throw somebody out there for bait to get somebody to come out of their turtle mode, be able to make a person overextend so that you can counter attack so this versatility needs to be brought in the ability to absorb punishment especially with id cards that's what makes it so crazy as i said before if you absorb some punishment you can call in a brand new piece that can do some major damage cosmic spider-man can do four nick fury can do four that's just ridiculous um the so that's the way the meta games kind of go in. I think in casual games it's important too to be able to survive those punches, be able to kind of maneuver some stuff around, and you know to pack your great support piece, your your great support powers like outwit, perplex, prob, and you know that's another thing about Goblin King why he's so broken. His ability to take all those at seventy five points, he's probably the best secondary attacker support piece there is. Period because his versatility and his ability to take anything. The only thing that comes close is probably the Wiccan from Civil War, and he's just not got the stats. I mean, I hate his defensive value. I think he's higher at 90 points, but he's the only one or ace the Bad Hound, have the ability to take a lot of different powers so or to use a bunch of powers. So, you know, you might want to look at those, but create teams with versatility. That's where I'm going for it, and the ability to survive the first punch and still be viable and bring some more damage. Playing Mark, we've kind of noticed that that teams that, are, that, are, that we're building have some versatility to them, and they have different ways to kind of attack you. It's not like, oh, he's gone, so the game's over. You, you have a way to kind of fight back. Actually, last night, we got into a slug fest, and it came down to him having 001 Spider-Man out of what if, and I'm having a 001 Spider-Man. And I had the Daredevil Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he had a Nico Moranu at 100 points from the starter. And what it came down to is I couldn't manage her clicks. Couldn't land a hit. So my lack of problem. I had to control when I hit her. 
and let me explain that in the sense that I had to make sure I hit her for enough damage to be able to handle the mystics. So I only had two characters, no way to heal, and the only way to be able to kill his Spider-Man and her was to take her out first so I didn't give any clicks up, make sure I got through her before I killed one of my own pieces. Meaning that when I hit her, that my piece wouldn't be so ineffective that he couldn't really finish her off. And I almost did it. I just missed several attacks with Spider-Man. I was looking to land a four damage attack or three damage attack with Spider-Man and then followed up with another three damage in order to kill her. I'd probably sacrifice my Spider-Man, but then trying to keep Daredevil on his top click so then he could deal with the other Spider-Man. The problem came down to is I refused to attack at Spider-Man because I knew that if I attacked his Spider-Man, I'd be giving clicks away because he'd be he's copying this Mystic's team building. So I had two or three opportunities to make some attacks. He missed some attacks. And then once again, showed us that the lack of prob and the current values kind of made some issues. I mean, he made a couple shape change rolls. He made a super senses roll. It was kind of frustrating at times. I just needed to land the seven attack, but even seven's not guaranteed. And I missed three or four to start the chain of getting Nico down to where I could just finish her off and then focus on Spider-Man when he didn't have the ability to copy the Mystic's team ability. As you know, the Mystic's team ability, every time you hit that character, you do damage to it, you take a click of damage. So I had to do more than two clicks of damage. Otherwise, you get into that, I hit you for two, I take one. I didn't have enough clicks to do that before my figure died. And to go ahead and Spider-Man's ability to copy that team ability, meaning that if I attacked him, he would he would copy the Mystic's team ability, and I'm doing the same with him. I didn't have enough clicks left in those figures. And it came down to where he would get two attacks to my one attack because I refused to let Daredevil it's probably a problem on my part. I refused to let Daredevil go ahead and attack because where he was at on his dial, I needed his perplex. He had perplex at that moment. And I needed him to stick around to finish off Spider-Man. Now, my figures had 19 defense because they had combat reflexes. And therefore, they were a little bit, I felt like, pretty good at being able to stave off his need for rolling 10s and 9s. But in the end, he rolled his 10 or 9. I didn't get my rolls. And that kind of pointed out to me that versatility is important. Uh, The match wasn't supposed to come down that way, but we were able to work around. And those pieces created versatility. I was able to absorb some shots from him and be able to kind of reconfigure my team trying to make a comeback. So this all being said... You need to be able to survive that first shot. That's what I'm believing. And you need to have that versatility in your team to absorb the punishment and just kind of throw some counters out there that can kind of help your team to change the way the game is going. Um, As I said, Invincible is a great way to survive the first shot. Uh, any figure with Invincible, you got to kind of look at. But you also have to look at Length of Dial. Length of Dial also has the ability to survive the first shot. Now, we're not even talking about one of the great, the, one of the figures that can survive a big shot is the uh, Wolverine from uh, Deadpool X-Force. Yeah, he's, he's a very long dial for his points value and can just survive a shot. But that all being said, I'm going to start building versatility and absorbing punishment in my teams, you know, just kind of based upon that movie and looking at Howard Brock's team, 
That's the way the meta is going. Absorb, be able to redish out. Uh, also, you know, I think it's important to create that ability to have a lot of different options. Too many teams out there are one-trick ponies. Everybody understands how to deal with that, and it's an easy counter. Teams that have several tricks, it's hard to counter every trick with every move you make. You're going to have to give up to some trick, and you're going to have to try and survive it. So I think that's where the game is going, Um, and we need to look at figures that give us that ability to kind of do that. Uh, Okay, and I'm going to stop talking about that. I think everybody kind of gets it, but... I'm really looking for that in mind, and it kind of brings the vehicles back into play because they are some of the things that can serve, survive the best punishment because their length of dials and the reducers they have on it. But please let me know if you can get the Punisher van to work because I can't figure it out. That's the one figure I'm not too sure of. Uh, the particle tank, I really want the 100-point vehicle dial to work, so I'm going to have to look at that again. Um, so... Uh, we're starting to get Elseworlds out. So I'm going to move on figures and review. Elseworlds, Elseworlds is coming out. And it's looking pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to say I'm more excited for Elseworlds. And I'm a Marvel guy. But Elseworlds dials look kind of interesting. The figure sculpts are amazing. So it hits both buttons for me. I don't think it's going to be as bland as... Um, what if? And I'm a, I'm a sucker for a Superman and Batman. I don't know why I love Marvel, but Superman and Batman power sets I kind of love. I love playing with them. And there's several figures in there that look really cool. Now, I'm going to go over two of them. Uh, the one's going to be a common. I think this common that's going out there is in your local game, casually and meta, will make a huge impact. Got to kind of understand it. I think it's going to show up. I think casually you're probably going to start hating it because it breaks the rules of the game. Uh, it, it actually breaks a, a standard rule of the game and allows you to do something that you shouldn't be able to. Now, that's going to be the common Green Lantern. He is, let me pull up his number, he will be 004. So this is a piece that a, a lot of people are going to have access to. It's going to be in there, especially with a 50-piece set. You're probably going to get two or three of them. Now, at 55 points, what does he get? He's got the Green Lantern's team ability and Justice League team ability. Now... Green Lantern team ability, people might be saying, well, great, he can carry eight figures. So, but he's going to be down to nine um, movement. However, that makes him a great taxi. The only taxi I think is better than him would be Overdrive, but that's because Overdrive can carry any type of figure, and Overdrive has the ability to sidestep and doesn't take the negative to movement. Now, Common Green Lantern at 55 can carry eight people. So he's more expensive overdrive. So, uh, so why does he bring? Well, he's got 11 movement with phasing. Okay, he's a flyer too. All right. He's got 10 attack, 17 defense with energy shield deflection, 2 damage to start. Now, if you've got this guy, he, you're bringing him in 2 taxi only. He does not have indom. He has 1, 2, 3. He has 5 clicks. Uh, he keeps energy shield for three and his last two is defend with an 18 and 17 10. His attack value is only 10 for the first two and then it's nine the rest of the way. His speed value is 11 for his first two clicks and then 10 and then nine, nine, and he's two damage all the way through there. It's got six range. So what makes this a great taxi? Well, you can carry eight people, but he also has a special power. He's a team transporter. When he carries some carries people, after he stops, he gets to roll a dice and if he rolls a five or a six, 
then he can give special powers to the people he carried. If he rolls a five, then one carried higher point character may be given a non-free action. If he rolls a six, up to two carried higher point characters may each be given a non-free action. That is amazing. It breaks a, a very fundamental rule of Heroclix that is no actions after taxi. No power actions, no non-free actions after taxi to clarify. Meaning that if you carry a figure, they can't do anything other than free actions. But this breaks that fundamental rule. Meaning that he can carry a figure nine spaces and if they have running shot and he rolls his five or six, they'll be able to do it. Now, the caveat to that is that they have to be grounded figures or tiny figures. However, very doable. You have a lot of great pieces that need that ability to move and then go. It extends the range of those pieces. So now they have a nine range plus whatever. If they have charge, add that on top of it. And this could get very abusive very quickly. Now, the other thing he's got that makes him maybe just a smidge on par with Overdrive is the Justice League team ability. Now, why would that make a big difference? Well, the Justice League team ability... This allows to perform a move action, allows the character to perform a move action that does not count against your allotment for the turn. So meaning that his move, unlike overdrives, while it's an action, doesn't subtract from your three action total in a 300-point game. Now, how is that abusive? Well, if he rolls, and it's, the one thing I like about it is this is kind of a random power, so it's not guaranteed, but if he rolls it... And he's carrying a Samantha Wilson. That would mean three characters that he carried would have the ability to make a non-free action that turn. Now let's go back to what Sam Wilson does. Sam Wilson, number one, adds three to movement if she's carried. Plus, she would she's allowed to take a non-free action after being carried. And she has a seven charge. Let me make sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm just going off memory here. Seven charge. Yeah, seven charge, 11 attack, super strength, two damage with perplex, and 18 defense combat reflexes. So let's look at it. You talk about an alpha strike team. Uh, the ability to run up there with this one and Samantha Wilson being part of it. So I kind of looked at that. And let's look. Um uh, at 55 points, if you add in a Sam Wilson to this common GL, plus a tank, because you're going to want the mini tank. Let's look competitively. It's only a 133-point investment. That's it. It's a 133-point investment to the team. Now, that, if you roll your six, then you're going to be able to go up there and with a Sam Wilson and two other characters be able to attack that turn. Now, just quickly off the top of my head, I kind of put some stuff together. I went with a the new GL, new Green Lantern, threw in Sam Wilson, so he automatically, no matter where he carries, is going to bump his speed up to a 12, and let's go over. She gives plus three, so even though he's taking a minus two, in, in theory, the minus two plus the plus three, he's going to get a plus one, so that's a 12 movement. Uh, he's going to be able to, when he drops, she's going to be able to do a four charge, no matter what. So say you're going to put her in front. He's going to be able to move 12. 
plus one where she's dropped. So that's a 13 plus four, that's 17. So looking at that, she has a 17 point swing from the beginning of the map. So that gets her two. If you're starting on, if you know you're starting here is the second one, she's getting to row 19. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Attack ability. Now, on top of that, you can add two more figures that if you rolls a six, they would be able to attack. And I just threw on there a Shredder clone at 75 points and a Superman at 90, shifting focus Superman. Just give you some versatility. And the ability to survive because his 19 defense with Invincible, that's pretty impressive. So he would be, have that ability. Now, am I missing Prob? Yes. Am I, I've got some Perplex, but I'm missing Prob. I uh, don't have a lot of versatility there, but that's just off the top of my head, and that would still leave you with two points left over. Is there a way to maximize that team? Yeah, but I think it's a great start, but it's also showing how abusive that common GL will be, especially teamed up with Sam Wilson. So expect expect that figure to make a huge impact. It's going to be readily available. It's going to be out there. It's going to be pretty, probably be one of the more higher price commons. Uh, people are going to use it. People are going to abuse it. And that just the carry ability just gives it ability to maximize your, your, um, your attacks, um, letting everybody attack. So that, that's just one iteration. I expect to see a lot more. But that's an amazing piece. And I love that they're putting some competitive high-level pieces at a common level. They need to do that with every set. You need to have two or three. Because I, th I think that's important, that accessibility to some power pieces, some accessibility to fun pieces that can do some major game-changing elements is important in this game and not having everything shoved at super rare. And Chase set which then makes people wonder whether or not to buy a set or not. Now, should even worry about it. So I think I think need to push some of those more back down there and have a little more flavor to them. Now, the next one I have is a chase. I wanted to review and just recently put out is the Green Arrow. And he can be considered broken just a little bit. Uh, he has uh, only one arm, if you look at his sculpt. Great sculpt. Love the sculpt. Uh, love this piece, actually. Just the way it kind of works and all that. It's just kind of neat to kind of go through. So if you look at uh, Green Arrow, he's 80 points. He's starting with a 12 starting attack. One of the few figures starts with a 12 starting attack. He has Endom, 3 damage with RCE. Uh, he starts with a 10 movement. 12 attacks, 17 defense with combat reflexes, three damage or RCE. He's only one, two, three, five clicks. His, his attack never gets pulled 11. He goes 12, 11, 11, 12, 11. He has a special power on his first three clicks. His defense value is 17, then it's just 16. He picks up super senses his last two. He's combat reflex his first three. He has three damage RC for his first three clicks. And then he has two damage with outwit. And he picks up precision strike as his attack value on his last two and stealth. Now he has improved targeting, ignores elevated, ignores hindering, ignores characters. He can shoot through about everything but blocking. He has two traits and he has special power. Now his two traits are Dark Knight returns, not hiding anymore. When Green Arrow occupies clear terrain, he can use sidestep, and opposing characters can't draw lines of fire to him unless they are within three squares of him or he has two action token. So he has this sidestep ability. He's grounded, so you can carry him. And if he's in clear terrain, he can't have him draw, drawn lines of fire to him. 
So with eight range, he's going to outrange everybody. So he's a position piece. If you position him really well, he's going to have the ability, and you put him on the right map, he's going to have the ability to get a strike in kind of against another team when he shouldn't have because his, they're not going to be able to see him until they get within three. Now, his other traits, what makes him not broken at 80 points because of his, these abilities, his 12 attack and all that. Uh, it still hurts when it's cold. Green Arrow can't make range attacks when he has one action token. So once he has one action token, he can't reload the bow as quickly as he used to because he's one arm. Now, he's going to have it loaded. He can shoot it real well, but he can't reload it that quickly. I think that's a kind of neat power. It kind of gives a little flavor to that figure. However, it kind of balances him because if you look at his special power, that's when he gets kind of silly. Now, when Green Arrow hits with a range attack, the hit target can't, and this is special power, the hit target can't use defensive powers until your next turn. The hit target has this Kryptonian keyword, also give it an action token. Now, this, the way I read it, gets around Galactus team ability, power cosmic, it's going to get around um, Jakeem, pick a power. So for 80 points, you have this guy that shuts down somebody's defensive power, which then allows you to retaliate. So with Green Arrow, do you have the ability to drop a Jakeem? Oh, yeah. Do you have the ability to drop a Goblin King in one turn? Yeah, let's go through the scenario. Green Arrow with a Pim Pocket Tank. Now, he's got RCE, so if you're really worried, you can. he's never going to be doing a running shot, so he's always going to have the ability to use RCE. So, really, what's going to happen is he's going to sidestep two onto his attack value to get to him to a 14, and he's going to have, he's going to have three damage. What's he going to do first? He's going to shoot Jakeem. Right? He's going to shoot him. Say Jakeem has Invincible. He's going to shoot Jakeem. So now, boom, he hits Jakeem for... How would I do this? Now, if I'm shooting Jakeem, he's at an 18. I'm probably going to do one and one. He's got Invincible. I'm going to do one and one, just to be honest. So he's going to have four damage. I'm going to shoot Jakeem. He's on Invincible. And I'm going to hit Jakeem. And he's going to... I would hit Jakeem with green arrow. Huh. I'm thinking about that because when I when when hits, let me reread his thing. Sorry, I just this where you gotta read these powers. And I'm gonna have to wait to see how they kind of talk about it in the rules form. When green arrow hits with a range attack, the hit target can't use defensive powers until your next turn. So when does that activate? If it activates, it doesn't say it activates. If it activates immediately, green arrow can almost one-shot a bunch of characters. Hmm. That would be interesting to see how that plays out. But let's just go back through. Let's say it's after his actions resolve. So let's look at he drops. That's the way I'm going to rule it, after his actions resolve. So let's see he's attacking with a pin Particle Tank. I wouldn't even let him attack with a pin Particle Tank. I would actually just have him attack Jakeem on his own. So let's knock him up to a 13. One on damage, put him at a 4. Jakeem's got Invincible. Okay, he goes ahead and shoots Jakeem. He hits, because he probably needs a five. Maybe a six, depending on what Jakeem takes, but probably a five. Five or six. Say he rolls a six. Boom, he's going to put two on Jakeem. Jakeem can't use defensive powers now. 
Now you hit Jakeem with the tank from another attack plus damage. Boy, and all you, if he's sitting on click three, you just need six, yeah, six clicks to finish him off. Very doable. And that's what I'm saying about with these figures. I'd have to go back through and see what the best reiteration is. With the minus, since you have to take a minus with the tank, probably, you know what, Green Arrow might be the best bet to shoot with and drop the tank. Because if you think about it, let's say he did use the tank. So Green Arrow up attack value to a 14. It dropped to a 13 using the tank. He'd be doing three damage. He'd hit Jakeem for one. Drop the tank for one more, so he's at two. Eh, same difference. But I would be doing that just to make sure I got the attack in. He'd be sitting at, you can be sitting at 17 defense toughness, but he can't use any defensive powers. He's pretty much stripped naked. All his defensive powers are gone, and you're going to sit there and hit him again. Very easily done. If Green Arrow gets the first attack in, very easily Green Arrow is going to be the ability to hit a piece and get him on a click that you can then one-shot him or follow up and just kill off. So he is going to be a very sought-after piece. All that confusing talk where you just saw the way my brain works. It just kind of bounces around on how I figure. I think this is a game-breaker. I think this piece will be a game breaker. Uh, your inability to target him unless you're very close. Somebody gives him the symbiote. Well, that's not going to help with the new rules, but I think he could be the killer of the Goblin King and Jakeem. You can see him out there. I think at 80 points, very doable. Uh, he's going to be primary target number one if you have a green, if you have a Jakeem Thunder or anybody Goblin King. He keeps it. He keeps that special power for the first three. I can see people using them at 105 and putting a um, Eclipso on them just to give them the ability to either possibly survive a shot. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Give them impervious and be able to survive a shot or have a healer with them. His attack value is so high, his use of RC, just an amazing piece. And unfortunately, it's, it's Chase. I mean, it's, it's overpowered. Uh, it is a chase figure, so I don't know. I, I think this one is going to be some game breaking. I can see it working. All right, that was my figure reviews. If you pull G Chase Green Arrow, feel very happy. I think he'll be amazing. Do I take the Chase Superman? There's a lot of figures I'm starting to like in here that I love to play. I think that'd be fun. I wish the Flying Batman was not a super rare. I wish it was a rare. I think that'd be better. Um, and just a lot of stuff I'm looking to play. That Green Lantern is going to be awesome too. So look forward to it. And let's just be honest. The Let's just be honest. Aren't we always honest? I try to be. Uh, where is he? Oh, Necron, the Bat God. Oh, I'm going to be looking at that one. At 100 points, he's very viable. And especially since he gives your... Team the Batman ally ability, and if he's KO'd for the rest of the game, other friendly characters can't be targeted by opposing characters four or more squares away. That's amazing. Okay. Excitement. Excitement for this next set. And maybe it's where I don't know a lot about the DC Elseworlds, and they just looks kind of neat. But excitement, people. Excitement. Can't wait for this set to come out. It's going to drop June 9th. I mean, July 19th. 
I'm, I'm thinking it will be a good one. I think there's several pieces that can make it. And don't forget about pieces from previous sets. Now, moving on, I took a challenge on myself to create a team that could be competitive and only using figures with the common, uncommon, or rare designation and no resources. So I came up with one. I don't know if it's great or not. It's something to kind of start with. I think this is a base team, but I went with probably what I think the best figure that is a common type figure, and that would be Cable out of the Deadpool X-Forces set at 120 points. I then went with a rare piece that wasn't that bad, which I think Magneto, uh, Uncanny X-Men 040 is the white one. I also went with Dupe, uh, Deadpool and X-Forces, his 35 point value. And then I went, need another flyer, wanted Pulse Wave, I uh, went with Sunfire, un- Uncanny X-Men 43A at 50 points. That left me at 295 points. Could have used five points to put the extra Sunfire on there, but I don't have it, the prime one. But if you're looking at it, you got Cable, he's got Prob, he's got the ability to move, stealth, he has stealth. Um, Dupe has Prob, he can be carried. Magneto has the ability to add energy shield deflection to somebody. So that'd be great to drop on Dupe. He enhances people and he has the ability to shoot himself. So really looking at, and I love Sunfire's ability to run in shot and pulse wave and not, if you run in shots away from a group, he does not get them in the pulse wave. So that allows Dupe and Cable to prob it. And Sunfire's decent. Uh, could you make a better team? Maybe, but you know what? They're I think they're very viable. Magneto has TK, Cable has Willpower, he has that Psychic Blast of four damage. I think it'd be a fun team to try out. I think you can, his range would be, if we look at Cable, just to give you an idea. So if you start on block two, and you have Magneto TK him out eight, so he's on, he's on row, is it row? No, it's, yes, row 10. And then he can go up to five. So that's row 15 and he can shoot. And we're talking about cable here. And he can shoot seven. It's all the way across the board. Now, is he hanging out there on his own? Oh yeah, but he has that trade stealth. He's got 11 attack, psychic blast with four, with a prob. You know, he can he can hit pretty hard. Be interesting. He, that'd be one. I, I'd hate for that to be the only trick. But you could also have Sunfire carry out dupe, do a running shot pulse wave to get somebody. Magneto could be throwing energy shield. He could be, you could run Magneto out for a running shot and then phase cable up to get a, another basically running shot right next to, in front of Magneto to get it the enhancement and protect Magneto with his stealth and be able to basically run out do four damage and then follow that up with a five bomb. That's Psychic Blast. And that's pretty good. I mean, they both have decent range. Magneto's range is eight with 11 attack. Cable's range is seven with 11 attack. Dupe does his crazy little powers too, and he's hard to kill, and he's a great X-Men team battery. This is also a theme team. There's four of them, so you get a plus four to map roll, so your map choice could be key, especially in, in handling teams. Sunfire is your weakest one, but I think he's gonna be kind of hard to handle, and he can help heal, especially once he's past his pulse wave clicks. Maybe you can use him to heal. 
or you can heal him with dupe and dupe has and that gives him the plus one modifier into his next turn to all his stats and dupe has the ability to regen and it's and it's almost an automatic regen under the new rules will be an automatic regen because he it'll be a minimum of one and he would just automatically go up to his top click and you have to do four to him if you don't outwit him to kill him so doing four to a 35 point piece what a waste of all your of all your effort there so I don't know. I think I think that'd be a fun little team to go try out. I might test against Mark, ask him to build a common, uncommon, rare team from the What If and Avenger Defenders War since he just get back into it. That's his major pieces. And just have us go at it. That might be a great little scenario next. Um, but just some thoughts. What what do you think about it? What would you do? What what would you change? Another piece I love is a domino, but at 90 points, I keep having to figure out how she would fit in from the uncommon, I mean, the Deadpool and X-Force, but anyway, uh, that was my team build. And finally, let's get to the scenario. The scenario I want to give is for... Do like me and Mark been doing. Um, I love that scenario where you just pick some boosters out, you've kept track of them, and you all just kind of try to build teams out of that. I think that's a great way to get your team building down and just see how figures run. So it, when you go buy boosters, keep track of them. Uh, if you buy a case, uh, write down the figures you get and then just randomly pick some numbers and try to put teams together from them. If you don't have that, I wish there was a random generator that allowed you to put in a set and randomly generate some figures, and then you go out there and do them. If somebody's got that or have some kind of random generator like that, and ability to go out there and just kind of it helps you build your uh, team building, and it helps you just to try out new figures. So I think you, everybody should try that type of scenario. I think it's fun. It's it's it keeps the game fresh. Um, one last thing malcolm had emailed us and he had said let me pull that email up emailed us i keep saying us there's no us there's me here by myself in, in here in the um kitchen uh recording and i just like the royal we and us that's what i like obviously uh, okay so malcolm emailed us and he had a request He's trying to get uh, WizKids to test the market in Japan, to expand the customer base to Japan. You know, he asked me that question, well, how could you, when we were kind of talking, how would you be able to do it? And basically they tell him that they send it up to be reviewed, but they need more than one person to request something to be sell in a country to be able to spend the time and resources. They would need a sizable community. So he's really asking for people to kind of rally around and try to really pressure uh, WizKids to expand to that Japanese market. He would love for him to be able to finally play HeroClix in the country he's at. And I, I think that's important. We need to expand markets. It's important for all of us to try and expand the game of HeroClix to keep it alive. Um, our community, how many people are in the community? I love the game of HeroClix. I think it's an amazing tactical game. It's an amazing thing with superheroes that I love. However, for it to stay alive, there has to be people who are interested in it. WizKids has a part in that they have to get the game from being stale and keep it a very high-level game that appeals to a lot of different people. But it's also up to us to help promote it, expand it. 
And we need to get more markets out there. We need to push with kids to design better figures, to actually draw more people and get them to explore markets that it helped to expand the product for its growth and for it to stay alive. It survived 15 years. Can it survive 15 more? I don't know. That'd be amazing if it could, but I'm not too sure. I would never would have guessed this game would have lasted this long. I'm appreciative of it, but it needs to continue going forward and continue to grow and add people. So Malcolm's right. We need to kind of band together and get some more markets opened up. Now, I think Japan is a great market. Now, the one fear you might have is that once you get to Japan, it could become a large market. I don't know if it could outclass the American market, but we need that emphasis of people to keep this game alive and keep moving. So I do believe that WizKids needs to expand to that Japanese market to maybe bring in a more diverse and larger customer base. I know we have Heroclix players around the world, and they love. I'd love to have more international flavor to Heroclix. So I agree with you, with you, Malcolm, and we need to kind of band together and try to get them to kind of expand it out. Uh, but... How many people there are in Japan? I don't know. I think it would be a ripe opportunity for WizKids to expand out. But there you go, Malcolm. Plugging it out. Out here to the community. Let's see if we can kind of help Malcolm out and get a sizable community. I don't know what sizable means. 10? 20? 5,000? Who knows? But it's always worth the effort to expand our game and keep it alive. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, Let me go through my closing comments. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me or let me know at lostinclicks at gmail.com. That's L-O-S-T-I-N-C-L-I-X at gmail.com. Or contact me in HC Realms under the ID of Colossus TM. You can like our Facebook page. You can search on Facebook by typing in at HeroClicks Borderlands. Please rate and review the podcast under iTunes. I've also started a new YouTube uh, thing where I'm trying to put out a thing called Think Tank where I just kind of think through teams. I'm currently working on a team in the Think Tank. I'll be putting out a new episode soon in which you're going to see me as I evolve a team out. I'm trying to do it in four episodes. Every four episodes, starting a new team Evolve. Love to have your comments on that. Please comment in. I can add them into that Think Tank Evolve and see what kind of team that can come out of if we kind of put our heads together. Uh, Love to hear your experiences at Origins or any experiences that you're going to have at The Rock. Please let me know if you'd love to be a guest on the show. I'd love to reach out. And if you want to have an online match, just let me know. I'd love to play one of those and kind of expand my online community. Uh, Love to hear from you and love that you're listening. Thank you again. Another great episode last time. A great number of you listening. Appreciate it. I'm just humbled by it. Hopefully... Uh, we can continue growing this podcast, but enjoying talking with y'all and being here for you. So, as I always say, keep rolling double sixes because with double sixes, you never miss. Peace out, guys. Yeah.